0: Welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, Gene
1: and V. We interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam.
0: We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts.
1: And today with us, we have Jordan Rosado. Yeah. Hello.
0: Yeehaw! <laughs> do you like my Texas intro? For
1: I that?
2: appreciate that you yeehawed for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Got a yeehaw, Jordan. Tell us who you are and what you do.
2: I am Jordan as you well know. I am from Texas hence the Yeehaw. <laughs> and I am a storyboard artist/ slash director um, in the animation industry. I met you guys back on the Loud House in our good old days mm-hmm. um, and
0: back when we had an office to go to and
2: I know we hang I out. missed it. I miss it. Yeah. Office time. Uh, what
0: kind of what kind of got you started in your career path?
2: Ah, yes. So, I think I was just always interested in drawing. I was really into cartoons and stuff as a kid, as most of us were. But I don't think it ever left. I'm gonna s- say the same anecdote. My m- <laughs> mom likes to tell me that I was always drawing even before I could like hold a pencil. Um, I would sit in her lap and kind of demand her to draw for me. (laughs) Um, Director
0: Jordan, I was already kicking in. I
2: was already kicking in. I knew it.
0: Come on, Mom. Come
2: on, Mom. So I was really into The Lion King. It was my favorite. So often it was like, Mom, will you draw me Simba? So she would, of course, oblige and draw me some Simba. But all through the process, I would start crying and telling her she was doing it wrong because... She wasn't drawing fast enough or doing it in the right order because Simba obviously has four legs, Mom, and she wasn't done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mom. Oh, you were like that person. You were the person who's like, why doesn't why does it only have two legs?
2: Yeah, like <laughs> how long does this take, you guys? Come Can on. Can you let me
0: finish? <laughs> that was a thing that was a thing that would happen to me like all the, time, all the time. Like drawing like, you know, people be like, hey, draw me, and then I wouldn't oh be done. Gosh. And they're like, Why do I only have one eye? I'm like, Can you fucking it's wait? Like, were
2: you watching <laughs> it takes Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Rome wasn't built in a day. Wasn't built in a day. This is why uh, I'm not yeah. drawing on camera. I guess.
0: I, it's hard. It's hard.
2: It's scary. You it's guys are hard. doing great. We've,
0: we've done it a lot, and uh, you're doing all the talking, so we don't have to think That's about true. it. That's <laughs> true. But uh, yeah. So yeah. So your mom. I mean, uh, I've met your mom. Your mom's great. Hi. Hi, Leanne. Stop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Leave her out of this.
0: She's really sweet. She's really sweet, and she's she's very supportive. She's a great mom. She is. And you know, I know she's going to be listening to this. Oh,
2: she definitely. (laughs) Mom, love you, mom.
1: Sorry, I was crying in your lap throughout my childhood. Oh, like kind of when was the moment when you thought that you could probably be an artist, like for your job, or like when did you kind of think like, oh, I could make a living out of this?
2: Yeah, I think. I was always drawing so it was like the one thing i was interested in doing and i i think it was in high school where i kind of put two and two together that it was a career path that like real people um i was watching a lot of nickelodeon a lot of avatar the last airbender and the creators of that show would like be on commercials and talking about their show and then it was like oh my gosh like real people make these things and i was drawing enough at the time to um, be like, oh, if this is a career path, um, and I was in high school kind of looking for what I wanted to do next. Um, so that kind of put me on the path to look for a, a school where I could like major and study animation. And I think that's what led me to um, SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia, where they have a decent animation program over there. Mm-hmm. And I think I was still, I was from Texas. So we didn't have a lot of exposure to the entertainment industry. And like, who knows, like what goes on inside of the walls of entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know the different career paths within that. I just knew I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted, I think at the beginning, I wanted to be the next Glenn Keen, where mm-hmm. he was like a character animator. So like bringing life to these like beloved characters and, And I thought that was, like, where the meat and potatoes were of animation, where you were, like, kind of deciding what brings these characters to life. And once I was in school, I think, like, my sophomore year, a friend of mine was talking about how she wanted to get into storyboarding. And I was like, what's that? And, like, I think the way it was described to me then was, like, it's kind of the building blocks um, to kind of decide what the acting is and like the fun stuff of animation. Um, so I like kind of, it was on my radar at that point point. Mm. and like taking some more classes, it felt like the perfect marriage between comics and animation. Um, cause growing up I was doing like lots of comics before I had like animation programs and the classes and knew what the heck I was doing. So it felt like, yeah, that was kind of the sweet spot for me and what I wanted to do. What kind of comics were you drawing mm. when you were in high school? Oh my gosh. Embarrassing one.
0: <laughs> Go on.
2: <laughs> well, it was like, okay, I started with fan comics. So think fan fiction, but fan comics. Um, like from? It was, yeah, what, IPs? Yeah. IPs? Okay, we got some Pokemon, we got some Digimon, we got some Teen okay. Titans, I think uh-huh. was like the big one. Um, my sister would play volleyball, and I would get dragged to all our tournaments. So in the bleachers, I was sitting there like filling up my lined notebooks with uh, Teen Titans fan comics. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the big one. But I think on like in tandem, I was starting to like create my own characters and stories. So kind of got into my own original ideas with that too. And uh, yeah, so everything. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
1: I like
0: fanfics are a good place to start, man. I don't know. It's like uh it's like you already have all the tools right that you need right. and so you're kind of just like experimenting and trying things within a world I guess that's like already done.
1: All most of the work is By done. yeah. By any chance, did you share your comics anywhere like online or <laughs> not, not that I want people to like look them up, but just like just did you have like a community that you shared the comics with because I'm asking the question mostly because like the fr- the very first time and almost the only time I wrote and drew a fan comic was this year like 2021 I drew the Animal Crossing fan comic and yeah. I wanted oh, yeah. to because the community was on Twitter and that kind of like fueled my passion to to make it like to to like write and draw the whole story so I was wondering if you had something totally. like that as a teenager
2: um not for my comics so I think well this was like a little bit probably middle school I wasn't as um on plugged into the internet at that point um so it was just like mostly for me and my friends at I, I think in high school i was really into deviant art where i wasn't oh, yeah. posting so much comics it was more just illustrations and designs and stuff mm. but i would follow a lot of comics on there so there's lots of outlets for artists on the internet
1: yeah for sure yeah were you active in the um, the fandoms or, or were you just more like external
2: Oh my gosh. I I was but I am going to sound like a complete nerd cuz I'm going to bring up Avatar again. Um <laughs> I was super active in this this Avatar board. They had like a online drawing prog- drawing program and like that was the thing that I was like excited to get out of bed in the morning um to go like go to school, do my homework and then come home and draw some Avatar fan art on this um That's great. board. Yeah, it was so fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It kind of like uh, inspired me to get like my first tablet and um, start experimenting with like drawing programs, digital ones. Yeah. My mom was super supportive and just like trying to figure out what would get that same experience that I was getting on like the
0: yeah, program yeah.
2: online to do in the computer. But yeah, lots of the avatar.
0: Yeah. And like forums is a thing that I don't think we've really talked about much. And like, at least for me that was like super formative was like yeah. I, there was like a couple of forums that i just somehow stumbled on one was a web comic it was like off of a web comic that i was reading but i like made a bunch I'm of on. artist friends on uh you don't know it <laughs> it was it was a webcomic called the modest destiny if anybody modest out there has ever heard of it funny enough i'm rereading it right now just because i needed something to like uh i don't know just something something yeah. nostalgic and it's like such a webcomic from 2003. Like it's such, <laughs> it's a Sprite comic and like uh, there's punchlines where a character's just like, I hate you. It's like the most like 2003 shit ever. <laughs> but I was on a forum of the, of that comic and I made it, it was a little artist community and like, yeah, like it was it was nice. That was the early Discords. Now it's Discord. That's kind of the yeah. thing that I think Zoomers are all um,
2: yeah. into. Yeah, Discord's getting huge. It's just forums. I
0: think I feel like it's the same exact vibe. It's which is great. Yeah. I really I really like it because I think that like Twitter and all these big apps, it's like too much all at once, and so you end up you end up not connecting with anybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, if with these little pockets like forums, like Discords, like it's easier to form connections with people and find like minded people. Totally. So after uh, high school, what kind of uh, sorry after uh, SCAD? what was um what was your your journey my
2: journey okay um I guess like even during SCAD I was applying to internships like every year because that was what Rosado children do we that's what they do that's what we do um so I kept applying I was even applying to like the big ones like the Disneys and the Nickelodeons and like not hearing anything back obviously but in my junior year, we had like a career fair and Nickelodeon was there and I like had my eyes on it. So that's kind of the first time I got like a face-to-face with a recruiting advisor at Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And I had let her know that I was like, oh, I've like applied to your internship. And she's like, oh, we've already filled it. But like apply again this year. And um, she gave me some pointers. So I think getting her kind of professional feedback, I knew what I was aiming for at that point so i applied again and like finally got the internship which was super exciting right before my senior year of college so at nickelodeon i was interning on the fairly odd parents which was awesome because i actually knew that show Mm -hmm. and Mm
3: -hmm.
2: during that time i was i was still in school i was like i knew about storyboarding and i wasn't super strong in it and i was a lot more comfortable with character design so Like I was interviewing artists at the studio and getting like one-on-ones with them, just like depending on who I was talking to, it was like, I want to be a storyboard artist or I want to be a character designer. Um, So getting lots of feedback from professionals like that really helped me when I went back to school kind of taking what I learned from these people and applying it to my work and seeing where the professional bar was to be like, okay, I'm comparing myself to not only my classmates, but to like working professionals. And, and I think like knowing that I was interested in both, I kind of took that into what I was aiming for after school and where I was testing. And um, so after I graduated I started testing and going after jobs in the industry, and going. I really wanted to get back into Nickelodeon, so I was like testing for board revisionist positions and board artist positions and character design positions. Um, I was taking like interviews for yeah. executive assistants and yeah, like that's the hustle. PA work too, the wow, hustle, okay. <laughs> everything, and it was like heartbreaking because I was interviewing with people I had even worked with and like nothing was happening oh,
3: man, and man. I
2: was like oh is it me but I mean I think what I took away from that I I had it I was hustling for like three months before I got my gig which is not that bad in this grand scheme of things but I was still like depressed but sure. just kind of taking that and knowing that I don't know you gotta like pick yourself back up and go do it again if you if you really want it and totally so finally the Loudhouse kind of came around. I knew some people who ended up working on that from the internship, so I had kept in contact with them when I had left to go back to school and then when the short aired, I was like freshly graduated and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love the short. Um you guys did a great job." And they're like, "Oh, we're we're testing you interested in ah. like a position." I was like, "Um yes, please." So I <laughs> First, I tested for <laughs> like your Jimmy urine.
0: I did my best. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really happy with it, but I. I, just, I sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> I can do better. <laughs>
2: anyway, sorry. Keep going. I got distracted by his eyes. Uh, so first, I tested for boarding, and then I tested for character designs because I was interested in both, and they were kind of supportive of, of that. And so after I did my like, this is the story that was told to me. I turned in my board test, and then I took my character design test and turned that one in, and apparently, when I turned in my board test, they were like, oh, who's this? Because testing for Loud House was blind, so they were just looking at our work and not our names, and they had already kind of decided that, oh, we'll offer a board position to Jordan. And then I did my character design posi- or test, and they were like, oh my gosh, who's this? And they are like, oh, it's Jordan. And they're like, oh, we were already going to get her for boards. So for the first time, I got like an- That's really funny. I <laughs> know. I got an email back from the executive assistant at the time being like, Hey, uh, we wanna meet with you. Are you available? And I was like, Oh, this is gonna be another rejection. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. like steal myself, go in for like a hard blow, and they're like, Hey, so are you interested in doing boards or character design? And I was like, Oh That's
0: crazy. That's it like was, that's pretty rare. That doesn't happen very
2: often.
1: i yeah, I I don't
2: I don't know. I felt like the world was crumbling beneath me honestly
1: yeah what I liked about Loud House testing was that testing for the Loud House because I also tested for boards it was very yeah. straightforward like that's the kind of test that I love it's like here's just a single page here is exactly what we're waiting from you like of you mm-hmm. from this test like we had examples yeah they had examples yeah they had examples. Like this is like from uh, mm-hmm. fosters basically fosters um home of Imagination. Yeah. yeah like they were like this is the kind of boarding that we want now can you make that work with these characters and this pages script and i was just like thank you <laughs> i can do
2: this yeah because that's basically like the same as the job right like they're yeah, setting mm-hmm. you up for exactly what you would be doing which was exactly. super nice
1: And it was, and it didn't even take that long. I mean, I don't know for you how long you spent on the Mm. test, but I I think I spent just like a single day on it.
2: Oh man, you're way better than I did. I think I spent a week on
1: it and I was like, okay,
2: I can't do anything. It's gonna be like, this is my life
1: now. Well, I guess also I had like, like I tested for it after like five or six years of industry work. So it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was also just at the point of my career where I was just like, I am never gonna spend more than, one day on a test now. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No matter what it is, no matter what it is.
2: I I think I was still in like the college like perfectionist mode, so even in my when I was boarding for Loudhouse, I was like, okay, my first board has to be perfect, so yeah. I did like a really rough pass and then I wanted to do like a rough tight pass and then I wanted to go back and do it a third time in like a clean pass and I did not have time oh. for that. Um and it looked like dookie, you guys. <laughs> I doubt it, but I get I, it.
1: it, it, it was bad. I feel like, I feel though, like, yeah, when you're just like in college, it just makes sense though that you would, like, spend more time on a test, right? You know? Like, because you really want to get your first gig. Like, you really need to get your foot in the door, so. Yeah. yeah.
2: You gotta impress the people. Impress them. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: it makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I don't want to do tests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
2: they're it's hard when you're doing it and like working on the side too. It's like two jobs and I think that like yeah. I mean I think that if it's a if it's a new artist
0: that's starting out, it makes sense. You in you know, when you wanna give somebody a shot but you don't know how well they're gonna do, so like it makes yeah. sense. But at a certain point if you're hiring people who have been around for
2: like a few years, it's like you should know,
0: like you should know if they're right. If they're going to be able to, keep and you up can kind of or... like
2: see their yeah their portfolios and like at that point you have like a professional experience and people can vouch for you and right yeah that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah to ask a working professional to test is kind of weird to me it's mm-hmm. like come on like that's, there's no other job that requires that you know like we still have to prove yourself
1: yeah well yeah There uh, actually it's it's like acting for me actors will always like, yeah um uh, be ca- like you're always you always have to do uh what's it called <laughs> uh casting
2: like auditions.
1: audition audition yeah, yeah 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 for me testing is like auditioning because that's how it was explained to me too yes yeah
2: because like when you're boarding it's not always about like if you, you could be a great draftsman, um, but like you're, yeah, like shot choices and stylistically, if you're not the right fit for a show, it's going to be really difficult.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if your shtick is like, for example, comedy, but you want to like move into action and mm-hmm. like, you're like, like, people are like, well, we love you for comedy, but like, can you do, can you do this kind of action? You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, who knows? Like maybe you can, but like we nobody can know unless you've like, Tested, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've ended up at jobs where I didn't test, mm. and I just felt like I was not. I felt like I was not a good fit the whole time. <laughs> and like, I won't say what, but it it that kind of backfired on me. But nobody else ever complained. Like everybody on the crew mm. seemed to be happy with what I did. But I, I was like, I
2: don't think I see what you're working. saying. Like it does kind of help with the imposter syndrome because at least um you feel like no, I was chosen for a reason, like, I have proof that, like, I can do this, or they see potential in me. Yeah. I
0: right. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. I think that the, we can all agree that tests should be paid. Like, I feel like that oh,
1: 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
0: should be a definitely a thing. Because doing free tests is bullshit. That's just like free work. And even if it's not used, it's like, you can't expect people to just do that much, like spend that much of their time and then not get any kind of reimbursement. Right.
1: Yeah, like I, okay, so you were, so you tested for Loud House and, mm. uh, and you got, you were basically offered the choice between design and boards. What made you choose storyboards?
2: <laughs> oh man, a good question. <laughs> um, I think at the time I knew that was the more difficult path. Um storyboarding was like my five-year plan Mm. I thought I would maybe start as a character designer or a revisionist first and then like work my way up into boards but I think on the Loud House it felt like I had a support system where people would kind of have the patience to work with me to get to the point where I was comfortable boarding so um and I think too it was like I felt like even if I crashed and burned in boarding, maybe they would make space for me on the character design team. So I was like, I really want to do boards. Um, Let me try this. So yeah, I just kind of like jumped in and it was hard. It was scary. It was hard. And I learned a lot and I'm really glad I did it because I think just the the repetition of doing board after board, it became like less about, oh my gosh, how am I going to like draw this character? And like all the little like, details that like you get bogged down in when you're a student or when your design brain is turned on when you should just be thinking about okay shot choices what is the clearest way to stage like lincoln making a soda or whatever and i think after a while yeah i just like learn so much through that
0: yeah yeah it forces you to loosen up yeah because you have to just to, to. to hit just to hit deadlines yeah uh and so you were on how long were you on loud house
2: i was there for uh five years it was a good long time and i think i was getting itchy mm-hmm. <laughs> i'd been mm-hmm. on there long enough um it i had been drawing the same characters for five years and um i felt like i wanted to do something different or work with new characters or like look for something with uh, like a new challenge a promotion something and that wasn't happening so the loud house movie kind of was staffing up and i i was looking for a way out of loud house but i was like not finding anywhere that was willing to hire me because i think i had kind of kept my head down and was on loud house for five years that like people were like oh like can you do a different style we don't see That's that the tough part, it yeah. was yeah it was like challenging to get I feel like people were taking me as a serious candidate
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's like you spend too long
0: it's that's what sucks is that it's like stability is nice but it feels like you spend too long on a show and then you get like kind pigeonholed
2: yeah, yeah pigeonholed exactly
0: T- yeah pigeonholed yeah mm-hmm.
2: so it was like a nice stepping stone I think because um, mm-hmm. while I was on Loud House I was like sorry guys like on the side like looking for stuff yeah and so I think our our old character or not character designer our um art director Amanda Rinda was Mm -hmm. on Loud House for a long time and she was uh recently the head of DC Superhero Girls and I think because she heard I had moved on to the movie she was like oh is is Rosado looking to jump ship is that a clue (laughs) (laughs) so she reached out to me because they were staffing up and she's like we're actually looking for directors over here would you be interested in something like that and I was like heck yes lady yeah so I I jumped over there I was super excited that I was given the chance and and I also felt comfortable because Amanda knew me and she knew my work and my work ethic and she believed in me enough that I felt like even though this was a big scary step I was I was going to learn with somebody who I I could be allowed to learn with.
0: Mhm, yeah. Now Amanda's great. She she brought me onto Loudhouse too. She yeah. really knows how to like take a chance on people.
2: Yeah. Which is important. Which is super important.
0: Would you would you ever consider cuz you said you were kind of interested in doing design at a time. Mm-hmm. Would you ever make that jump given the opportunity?
2: I think I would. I've I've toyed with the idea if if ever life becomes kind of more demanding on the side rather than my career being my number one focus, um, mm-hmm. I would probably take a step back and do design. Mm-hmm. Not that it's a step back at all, um, just a different step. Right? Well,
0: that's less work. I mean, without a doubt, like yeah. directing is can be a lot depending on the show.
1: Yeah, directing and boards are de- definitely like, very demanding shows. I feel like there's not really... I mean, for I guess for me, Loud House was probably the storyboard gig that was the easiest. Mm. But mm-hmm. all of the other storyboard gigs are just—it's pretty demanding. It's yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a demanding job. Yeah, because your head's always in so it. I think even
2: storyboarding is a little bit like directing. You're thinking about so many different things on the fire.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. like I feel like yeah, storyboarding is like you're definitely thinking about everything all the time so it is like you're because you know even on on a script-driven show you're you're thinking about staging and design and making things clear and like the rhythm and the pacing and the just like an and upping the comedy and
2: all of these things yeah (laughs) yeah and like what can you add to like how can you be funnier than the other board artist <laughs> <laughs> it just
0: becomes a competition the
2: competition
0: although it's i don't think it's true at all but yeah <laughs> the, the feeling is there yes and so uh yeah and so you've been you you were directing on uh, dc superhero girls
2: what?
0: and then is, where are you now
2: i am on a nickelodeon show it's a new transformers animated show um so we just got announced i can talk about it it's allowed Nice. I just started in November, so it's been a good four months. Oh, my gosh. -hmm. Maybe maybe not quite four months, but just about. And I think just having DC Girls under my belt on my resume, it made the job hunt so much better the second time around. (laughs) Because, well, that time, too, I had a few months, but um, I had to find a job. I didn't have the luxury of, like, looking while I was gainfully employed. Um, Our show... Got cut for COVID reasons, which kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was looking and interviewing and uh, got like so much more interest because I was um, a director now. Mm-hmm. So on Transformers, it's it's a kind of whole different beast than um, DC Girls because um, I was starting for season two on DC Girls. And, like, the show and the style was already, like, established. Um, the characters were already, like, well-known. And we had, like, examples of past episodes. But with this new show, it's like, oh, it's it's starting all over. We don't have environments. All the characters, like, acting. Like, we don't even have – I think we just hired our voice cast, too. So uh, learning how to – Act them without even knowing what they sound like is a challenge, and
1: yeah. So
2: I think part of my job. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was
1: gonna say season ones are hard. They're so hard. hard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. I didn't realize until I moved to the US how hard it is to work on a season one of a show. (laughs) Because in France, you only get season ones. That's all you get. So the Uh showrunners have like a very, very extremely clear idea where they're going, and it's very similar Uh to. Like how Ladder House was, right? You know how like uh right off the bat, you like you like the the direction was extremely clear in terms of like where right. we're supposed to go. But mm-hmm. yeah, for like other shows, like having worked on other shows, very hard season ones, you guys season <laughs> because you're figuring out everything.
2: <laughs> but it's kind of fun that oh, it, it's it's hard, but it's fun that like you feel like oh, like this is my decision that like whatever um yeah it's cool to have that ownership but yeah I'm, i'm finding that this job is different than dc girls um where i was just kind of like overseeing and helping with animatics where like at the start of every episode it's like oh we have a ton of questions to ask based on the script about like these new locations and these new props and movements and everything um transformations um I have to do a lot of, like, prep work for my board team just to know, like, what the heck they're going to do. So it's a lot more hands-on. It's also – is it – can you say whether it's 2D or CGI? I, I think so. It's uh, it's CG, so that's a whole other, like, ball game too. I've never worked in CG. And I'm learning what those restrictions and limitations are, trying to be mindful of, like, just contact points, like um, – Kind of framing it so where if a character's running or walking you don't see their feet touching the ground or um being mindful when like oh my gosh we're thinking about like because we have human characters and when they interact with objects and then like hand it off to a transformer that object is going to look super tiny
0: um, oh interesting and thinking yeah, about yeah.
2: stuff like that is just like it's breaking my brain <laughs>
0: size relation yeah. And it's so much more stiffer probably too. Like V you know, worked on Thundercats and that's very like loose and fluid. And yeah. You get away with anything, really.
1: Yeah, that's why Thundercats was so fun. Cause like you could uh, yeah, you yeah. could just cheat so much. It was just the best.
0: Yeah. Can't really do that with CG, huh? It's fun for
2: giving, yeah.
0: <laughs> Interesting. It's it's uh it's tougher. Cool. Well, I think that's that's uh where you are now, huh?
1: That's where I'm at now. Yeah. It's have caught up present jordan i was wondering for you well i guess the questions that we got are well i guess we'll talk about it with the questions that we got i was going to ask you about Hmm. the difference between boarding and directing a little bit right yeah go ahead ask the question yeah like so uh from uh, at art of jordan e question how did you feel about becoming a director for the first time and was it any different than your previous storyboard gigs and were you nervous about it the first time oh my gosh i love that it's another jordan hello another
2: jordan (laughs) kindred spirit
1: and i can even ask you the other question too because it's very similar to this from at olive underscore tree with two threes What's the major difference between being a director and being a board artist? I mean, what do you even do as a director? I have no clue. What do you even do? <laughs> what do you even do? I think that's funny, though, because they say my imagination is that you yell at people through a megaphone and sit in a little fold-up chair, which I think is yep. what everybody <laughs> thinks, for real. Nailed it. Right? So, oh, it is so much less
2: romantic than that.
3: Hey, draw better. <laughs>
2: Mom, Simba has four legs. Yeah. Um, Simba has four legs, man. <laughs> man. <Ma'am.
3: laughs>
2: okay. Okay, so the first question was, how is it, or how did it feel yeah. when I started directing. Mm-hmm. Well, imposter syndrome is real, kids. Um, I Ooh, think yeah, is it? It, even now, like, I've directed for over a year now, and I still feel like one day somebody is going to find me out and just, like, ship me back to Texas. Oh, man. Yeah. But... I, I think, yeah, just the, <laughs> there's a guilt in not boarding as much and like watching somebody else do the job that I used to do and being like, hey, instead of screen left, have them go screen right, redo the whole thing. And I'm just like, oh, like if I got that note, I would like be bad mouthing my director to my friend right now. And yeah, just uh, kind of being the one who has to make the decisions and hold your team accountable rather than being like oh that looks that looks good enough yeah go go for that yeah i guess mm-hmm. that works instead of being like actually like the style of the show is this um i'd like to see it this way or yeah a specific idea like being clear and concise is is tough and has been like a main point of growth for me i want to say mm. yeah just kind of reminding myself that if it's not me who makes these decisions like who it's it's like now my job to make these decisions whether or not i feel like i'm the best board artist in the room like is irrelevant now um because somebody has to direct right and also kind of keeping in mind that i don't have to be the best board artist in the room or else like it would kind of like defeat the purpose like shouldn't i be boarding Um, you gotta
0: trust your team to yeah. yeah
2: Yeah. And trusting the team too. That's something I've been trying to keep in mind as well. It's like just because I would board it a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that somebody boarding it differently is wrong. Right. And being open to those changes and new ideas and still making it work within like the style of the show. Because at the end of the day, I'm still a cog in the machine. It's not my IPs. So keeping everybody honest and on track. Because- I mean, as, like, cool as it sounds to be, like, I'm a director, it's, like, I'm one of three directors, um, and there's a supervising director above me, there's the showrunner above them, and so it's still, like, I'm a glorified, like, I, I feel like I'm a mix between a uh, a therapist, a production person, and <laughs> a
1: revisionist.
2: <laughs> I've heard that before.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's I feel that's definitely what it is. I guess it also depends on uh on the show in terms of like I've heard because like like for me, like right now, as my first time directing, uh I've mm-hmm. heard that in adult animation, like directors actually thumb out the entire episode. Oh wow. So that's really it really it really depends on the gig. But I feel like honestly, like definitely the production part is very true and the revision part mm-hmm. is very true as well. There's like a lot of notes mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely lots
0: of notes. A lot of redlining. (laughs)
1: Lots of redlining.
0: (laughs) Let's talk about your influences a little bit. Like what, uh, because you mentioned some stuff that you grew up liking, like Lion King.
2: (laughs) I love the Lion King. Yeah, talk about what other
0: stuff revs your engine, your artistic engine.
2: Revs my engine. Oh my gosh. Well,. Yeah, at, at the start, I was a big horse girl, so um, drawing animals <laughs> and horses was- You're a Texan. I'm a Texan. hee haw <laughs> Drew lots the horses, and I think once I got into anime, I was like, oh, like people are fun to draw too. So what was it early on? Early on, it was Pokemon, Digimon. Uh, Rurouni Kenshin was a big one for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, then it was like Yu-Gi-Oh. Then it was- What was it? Teen Titans, I want to say. Naruto was a big one. I drew lots of Naruto. And then, let's see, the fan comics, the Avatar chat boards. And then I think I started revisiting Disney movies, because like I said, I love The Lion King. But like the Disney Renaissance and um, like the princess movies, I, I started seeing like, okay, there's like... There's cool stuff in here too. So I started like kind of marrying that with the anime influence and mm-hmm. and then in college it was like, you guys gotta stop drawing anime. And I was like, okay. Um it's so, a weird
0: stigma. I don't I it's it's so frustrating <laughs> that so many teachers say that. It's I like, think
2: it's like you have to have some uh some form still to your drawings and still draw from life, even if it is in a stylistically more pushed realm. Right cuz there's i don't know you see those like how to draw anime books and that's like how a lot of people draw anime and it's it's just not good. <laughs>
0: I guess so, but I feel like a lot of the people I know that grew up drawing anime are have better anatomy than than me. <laughs> I mean, that's more of just my issue. But but I also I feel like it's a good place to start. I know? think so it's, too. It's it's,
2: yeah. it's got more like life drawing. Yeah. Draw to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like I think a starter pack. Yeah, a starter pack. It it gets you interested in doing something less cartoony. So I think because I had like that kind of as a base, and then it was Disney. Well, it was first Disney, then anime, then Disney again, and then in college it was a lot of like. I think my whole school went through like a UPA craze, the United Productions of America. Mm-hmm. So like kind of simplifying it further to shapes and extreme shapes and playing with um push and pull of character designs and like so i feel like mine's a weird amalgamation of like everything i've seen but i think then that made see that. the loud house really easy because it was yeah in that vein
0: i feel like every job you've had is like a perfect encapsulation of everything you like yeah <laughs> it's like it makes a lot of sense yeah it's <laughs> like yep that is jordan
2: <laughs> thank you i think i've I've been lucky so far and I like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think being on productions with people who are so talented, like they've like I think less like actual TV shows I can point to now as influenced more like like you guys and like friends who I work with. Oh shucks. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen my freaking thumbnail? I love it. <laughs> yeah. So excited about that thumbnail.
0: Everyone's gonna see it when this comes out. <laughs> I've drawn Jordan. It. Well, we should probably say you're. We're in a band together. Oh yeah. <laughs> we should talk about music stuff because I think that that's a big part of who you are now, and like,
2: it is.
0: And I assume always has been. So yeah, talk talk about that a little bit.
2: Oh, uh, sure. I I love music. I think. <sighs> Let's think. I I grew up playing piano. That was kind of my my classic training um learned how to read music i i kind of fell away from it cuz it was like taking up time and it, it got boring practicing and i just wasn't playing wow. what i was interested in cuz it was a lot of like um classic stuff and i was <laughs> I was such a snob about music i think i got into um alternative rock and like it just doesn't sound as good on piano right and yeah it wasn't it wasn't like wasn't revving my engine, like you said. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. I started taking vocal lessons in high school. I was super shy, so I wasn't in choir or anything. Um, but I think vocal lessons really gave me some confidence there. And even then, I was still like, it'd be so cool to be in a band, but I'm never going to do that because that's just not me. And until working at Nick, where there's like a music room, and I started playing with Ari and Eugene, and mm-hmm. we it, it was just like fun and there was one day i had started on keys because that's what i knew and then mm-hmm. I, w- I was like playing with ari and he was like i want to play guitar like you try bass okay um because that's such a guitarist thing to do and I, I threw on the bass and just like kind of remembered like poosh. i had always wanted to play bass i had tried guitar but my hands just don't contort that way like my left pinky is stupid and bass was a lot less complicated in like the uh dexterity of your hands i guess and it was just so fun that that became like an instant like i need to learn this passion for me and then finally i could do like the the punk rock alternative stuff that i had loved so much and then again like like gave myself permission as an adult to do things that I like to do, even though it was scary and didn't quite, wasn't quite what people expected of me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a big, uh, a big growth point. Again, a big learning, just like do stuff you like to do. Like who cares? Yeah. yeah. It's,
0: it's a whole, like, we've talked about it before, but it's like, yeah. it's like a self-realization thing. For me, at least, is like, I always wanted to do this, and I don't know why I didn't do it. I mean, right? it's hard. Like, it, it's hard to, to just say I'm going to do it, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's fun.
2: It's fun. I miss playing shows, but... um, I miss playing shows, too. We'll get there. We'll fun. come back to it. It'll be fine. Everything's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: I feel like now you're you're this powerhouse juggling, like, art and, and music. You're a director. <laughs> Let's see if You're I can keep it up. Basis. Well, yeah. It's easy now. It's easy, <laughs> it's easy now. <laughs> when the world is shut down. The
2: world is shut so down. Uh,
0: was there anything specific that you remember kind of um, triggering your love of animation and, like, wanting to pursue it as a career? As a career. Um, like a moment in something or um, something you watched?
2: Oh, gosh. I'm going to...
0: some exciting incident.
2: I, I think... Again it was Avatar. I sound like such a fangirl. I freaking yeah, love that show. Cool. That's yeah. what I like. Mm-hmm. Dang, the just the amount of time I spent on those like the boards and the characters I felt like were so engaging and just the kind of storytelling that I was interested it in had like heart and character mm-hmm. and growth and like the episodes were fun on their own but like you watch it all and you see the arcs and the growth and the change. Yeah, that's huge. And just, like, kick-ass fight scenes. And And I think, like, storytelling has always been... I'm just interested in, like, stories and, like, kind of telling ideas through, like, fiction and animation is just, like, a special place to be. And I think I've learned so much growing up. Like, a lot of who I am is because of, like, what I was watching and stuff I learned from yeah the shows that they were they, they had something to say i felt like um so i think that was uh, yeah cuz i i liked school i was i i liked taking notes i didn't like studying but nothing ever felt like the clear path as far as like where i should go next but i was always like doodling and then in my free time i was like going off to i don't know draw on the computer or my comics or like come up with these weird characters in the margins of my notes. Um, So it just felt like if that's what I'm spending all my time focusing on in my free time, why not try to monetize it? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. As straightforward as that. Mm -hmm. How do you,
0: how do you usually deal with creative block Mm. when it hits you? And I know V wants to know what it looks like for you as well what it looks like for me what do you mean
1: yeah like for example how does it feel like when you're like in a creative block because i think it's different Mm. from for different people like for example sometimes you have people who are like i really want to draw but everything i draw sucks or like sometimes people are like i think i should draw but my Mm. mind is completely blank or like you know there's like all these different ways that you can be blocked and like kind of like for example for me like recently like this week was like a big funk because I was like, kind of like like my mental health wasn't the best, so I was just kind of mm. like, uh I know I should draw, but I can't.
2: <laughs> yeah, or like an amalgamation of all of it. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, like usually for you, like what is it like? Oh
2: boy, um, I I think I I fall into like I feel like I should draw, but like nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, I remember often especially as a teenager every time I would hit a block I was like oh my gosh I'm never gonna draw again like something has happened (laughs) yeah this is this is it this is the end (laughs) and then like two days later I was like oh my gosh I love drawing and this is all I want to do so I think the trust of that like it it comes back is important to me Um, and like my mental health is like kind of allowing myself to have these breaks and I, I think I believe in like there are different stages of like the creative flow so sometimes you are in the stage where you're you're creating you're drawing all the time and you're super jazzed about it and it's just coming to you and it's flowing freely and then sometimes you're in the stage of you need to go out and get inspired so kind of recognizing that and not faulting myself for needing A time to go get inspired is kind of been helpful to me so i think i was doing this thing called the artist's way a few years back um it's kind of like exactly what we're talking about it's like a a 12-step program for creative types (laughs) and um so that kind of gave me a lot of tools so like journaling has been a huge like just a good practice like the artist Way kind of has you, like, every morning you get up and you write four pages. It doesn't matter what it is. Just, like, this. Spit it out. We were just talking, Gene, about the, the sound of metal. And I think yeah. that happens in that movie, too. So just, like, kind of journaling the junk out of your brain kind of opens you up to this, like, higher creative power. And uh, so even if, like, that's really hard to do and it didn't, like, stick with me. But I like journaling... Like at night before I go to bed, um, and with those journals, I often like doodle, and like having a space where I doodle where no one's going to see it kind of allows it to be bad or good or whatever it is. And like I-, I think drawing just without the judgment is important, keeping it fun and low key, and then yeah, getting inspired to um, just like in those spaces where you're like I don't want to draw or I have nothing to draw nothing's coming to me I think doing stuff like this even like there was one time I was like I'm not feeling it and then <laughs> I'm going to like plug your podcast I threw on your podcast and oh, wow. <laughs> I, I was listening and like watching you guys draw and I was like I want to draw and then I started drawing with you and I think wow Amazing. yeah, I think just like even virtually, like drawing with your friends, yeah, really helps me.
0: Yeah. I've mentioned it before on here, I think, but the the starting the podcast helped me out of like my eight month in quarantine funk that I hit <laughs> where it was just like this sucks. I, I like <laughs> didn't want to do anything and then just having a weekly thing to chat with friends and and doodle. I don't really like doodling. It's kind of hard for me to get it in a headspace where I feel where it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I need it. Like It's like you said, it's the journaling. It's the getting bad drawings out. Yeah. Which I need to do more.
2: I You th- shouldn't should yourself
1: either. <laughs>
2: sure. But, you know,
0: it's it, well it's yes and no. Because it's like I should be meditating more too. And I, I'm trying to do it more. And that's definitely a good should. It's like, yeah, it's there's things that you need to have discipline if you want to not get burnt out if you don't want to if you want to maintain some kind of either mental health or career health or you Definitely. know there are there are good shoulds there are good there shoulds
2: are good. I'm just worried about because I am super hard on myself so I think well, even if you should yourself you should also so ce- uh-huh. you should um like allow yourself to uh celebrate or recognize when you do it right
0: that's that's fair yeah. I think it's fair
2: yeah I think it's like
0: Yeah, don't be hard on yourself. But that's the... I mean, that's up to everyone else's kind of um, interpretation. And, like, everyone has their own limits. And just be... Listen to your body. Listen to your mind. Mm -hmm. I think people... There's usually a clear sign of what you need to be doing. Yeah. And uh, if you listen... I've I've gotten better, especially now, because we're all in hell. (laughs) I've been trying to do better at, like, following my gut instinct. It's like, I... I'm not accomplishing anything right now <laughs> I have no deadlines to hit and so why am I being so hard on myself
2: like it's okay for me to just relax yeah and it's it's a good practice to like yeah quiet yourself and like listen just like mm-hmm. hear it
0: mm-hmm. nah but that's that's valid I th- yeah it's it's become I was watching the um headspace like Netflix um thing that they put out they have a Netflix thing
1: Yeah, yeah, they have like a a small little series. I still haven't watched it. Is it good? What?
0: Yeah, I watched, I started watching the first episode. Uh, It does just become straight up meditation practice at one point. Hmm. Kind of like the app, which isn't a bad thing. It's just not what I was signing up for in that moment. Hmm. But the beginning of it, they talk. Turns out, I didn't know this. Turns out the guy who's the main voice is one of the co-founders. Oh. Hmm. I forget his name. Andy something. And uh, he, he he narrates the show and he talks about how he like gave up his career at one point and just like went and traveled the world like he was in a bunch of monasteries he was just kind of trying to find like his inner peace like his his inner quiets whatever mm-hmm. and uh and then when he came when he you know had some enlightenment came back and decided to make a bunch of money off it i guess i don't know <laughs> i think it's a I think it's a funny like i traveled the world and i became blah blah and then i started an app that makes me lots of money yes he has an accent oh yeah but it does help people so you know i get it but yeah uh they talk about i don't know i forgot my train of thought but whatever (laughs) it's it's worth watching and uh i think that like a lot of those principles are becoming more and more because we have so much noise Mm -hmm. and uh
1: well honestly too i don't know like i could be completely wrong about this but i also feel like with just you know the nature of society and economy like we're just kind of we're just in an environment that pushes us to just be more productive all the time Mm
3: -hmm. so
1: i just feel like it's not so much that it's like a, like a coping mechanism or like a psychological like defense but I just feel like we're in an environment that just pushes us to just be more productive produce more put stuff online just like show that we exist through pr- product productivity and that's yeah. even more true I feel like in the art industry like probably yeah. Yeah, if you
2: don't post does it
1: exist yeah it's yeah. like you have to stay relevant and and the shows are not making it easier because we, we get less time on productions. And I, I, I'm not trying to get mm-hmm. on my soapbox here, but I feel like <laughs> the, the point of all that is just, uh, it's, it's, it gets really hard to, to get your head out of uh, work, you know, like it, it's, yeah. I mean, it gets really hard, like for me to get my head out of the water. Cause sometimes you're just, you're just like working so hard to hit a deadline. And then and then you're like, well, if I work that hard to hit that deadline, I should at least keep working this hard or else like, you know, what am I getting paid for? You know, it's like, it's this weird kind of spiral that like, you know, I don't know. It's really easy to fall mm-hmm. into. Uh, and I feel like meditation and all these kind of like, like healthy mind practices are become like really relevant because it's like, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, um, so easy to just get caught up in the. The
2: machine, in the machine,
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. My something, like, something like my dad once told me is that, like, human beings were never meant to operate with this much stimulus all the time, and like, a lot of things have been made easier for us, you know, with modern civilization, but a lot of things basically, like, our fight or flight never went away, like, we're still mm-hmm. monkeys, we're still. <laughs> And so we have all these, like, impulses, and we look for conflict when there is none because we we need it. Like, our our brain chemistry just, like, looks for it when there is none. Even though, you know, we're lucky enough to have, like, roofs over our head and and jobs and all these things that, like, not even everyone has access to. Mm -hmm. But it's still, we still get stressed out. We still get, like, you know, we find things to get upset about. And that's normal. Like, that's totally normal. That's just, like, our brains are wired that way. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I'm just a long way of agreeing with you, because I, I think <laughs> that, like, I think that, like, it's okay to accept that we're just wired this way. But yeah, I don't see it as a coping mechanism. I, I, I don't think it's a coping mechanism, but I think it's a necessary thing in to balance out the sort of hectic lives that we've all kind of been born in.
1: Yeah, and it's also just, like, you know, like, there's something that I... <laughs> always gotta like latch on to is did um Burton Russell he's a philosopher a British philosopher from mm. like and in like somewhere around I think oh, I don't want to get my dates wrong but whatever let's pretend <laughs> it's in the 60s yeah. he was probably he said something along the lines of like automation was supposed to make life easier on people but guess right. what mm. the opposite <laughs> happened
3: <Yeah. laughs> we're just working yeah, uh... more
1: um so yeah I don't know man it's that that shit
3: is fascinating to me, and I I got into an argument with a guy on a plane once, <laughs> I, which I don't like I don't like to do. Well, so I was watching uh, we were watching like iRobot on the plane, that like Will Smith movie, uh-huh. and like, cause what else do you watch on a plane? And uh, a guy I started talking to talk my girlfriend about it. I was like, I was like, man, you know, like there's all these like robots in that movie that are like bipedal and they're like doing all these mundane tasks, and I was like. It sucks that like the more that these things get automated, the more people are gonna lose jobs. And you, you know even like I have a beef with checkout counters. Like I think they're taking jobs away too. Mm. And he turned it, he like heard it and was like, hey, I actually work in robotics and like, oh. we're working on like automation and like that's the big thing we're doing. And he was trying kind to of convince me that like automation actually helps people and that it like but I mean, his angle was ridiculous. He was like. No, like, it makes, you know, it makes people's jobs easier so they can focus on, like, doing other things. And I was just like, what are you talking— And I was just like, you're wrong. Like, most of the automation just takes jobs away from people that need, like, clerks and
1: You know, it's just like, well, what, what are the— Yeah, I I see where his, like, I see, I mean, I totally understand his point though, just because, you know, like, it's just when when you like watch all the documentaries about like the big tech companies or like people who worked at like Facebook or Google and and they all, why do they work in these companies? Because they truly believe that it will make the world a a better place. Because if you don't believe that, how can you do your job, you know? And it's kind of very similar to animation. Like you have to believe that, the content you're creating like is making the world a better place, right? Or else like, you know, like it's really hard to 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 do to like get up in the morning and do your job, yeah, right?
0: Yeah.
3: He was also kind of a condescending effort. That <laughs> was a real problem. He was just kind of uh just uh, kind of mansplaining me a little bit because I was like, hey, shut up. Yeah you, mm-hmm. you chimed into a, a private conversation with your fucking kid. But um I just thought it I think that like his his angle was that like people will keep there will, there will still be jobs because people will need to upkeep the machine right mm-hmm. and that is like no dude no like you can put I've seen it where McDonald's is have like you know five self purchase counters and you need maybe one person to come in once a week yeah and that is like five cashier jobs that no longer need to exist and it's just, it's messy. I hope you
1: I, guess, I guess, hope you voted for Andrew Yang <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I voted for, I voted for, I'm a Bernie. I'm a boony burn, <laughs> <but like burny. laughs> yeah. I like Bernie. Yeah, well the thing is, is like, okay, so if we're, this is totally a tangent, sorry. But hopefully it's interesting to people. But like, if we're talking about more automation, more automation, then we need obviously higher minimum wages. And we need, eventually we're going to have to come to some kind of universal income. Because if we keep making everything easier on everybody, then... And we keep removing all these like low-level jobs, getting harder and harder for people <laughs> like to just maintain a living because those those low-level jobs just stop existing. But anyway, complete tangent.
1: But I mean that's kinda, it, it, I mean it is a tangent, but it does kind of tie back into animation because you know like sure. uh, we see that happen in animation, which is like uh, paper disappearing and becoming digital so now we have jobs like that used to be three different people would do the jobs and now it's just a single person like that's especially in boards uh you could probably Mm -hmm. even argue that for design like probably color and designing and like lines were like uh more often two separate jobs than one so
2: yeah well they talk about boards how there used to be like a layout person and now board artists are doing more and more of like everybody else's job Yeah,
1: dude i wish there was man how how, layout i miss that there used to be layout people like i've Mm -hmm. like i can't believe we have to do the layouts and boards it's just so much crazy but that's the thing it's like yeah
3: you know you you are automating certain tasks but what you're really doing is just saving money for the higher-ups who then uh, go, we made we saved some money. Okay, cool. How do we save more money? It's like, yeah, it's, never, it's
2: it's never
1: enough. It's never enough. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I I'm, I'm all for automation. I think it's great, but you have to do it wisely. And, and and it's we're in a messy transition mm-hmm. where it's just kind of hurting everyone. Anyway, back to Jordan. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what are what are some of your uh like goals? about kind of moving forward in your career and aspirations?
2: Well, I have been, I always wanted to like pitch and create my own content. Actually, my my friend Sammy who was on The Loud House and I were pitching something on Friday. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wish us luck. We're pitching. Yeah, we, luck. Uh, we want to, we have a couple ideas um, that we want to keep like fleshing out and working together. And that's like Kind of what gets me excited is, like, kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks Um, with, like, friends. And, yeah, I think I want to start doing more of that, like, if I can. It's it's scary to think about, Um, I think, doing all the jobs that a, a showrunner would do or, like, a supervising director or whatever. But I think that's, like, kind of the ultimate goal of mine. Just to tell my own stories, yeah.
3: Yeah, well, I feel you. like
2: all of us, right? And We all pitch mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I think I think everyone should. I think everyone should try. You never know. You never know. You never know what's gonna hit. Well, great. Is there anything else? Uh, Do you have any other questions?
1: Um, those were all the questions. I was wondering yes. if there's anything that you want to plug, Jordan.
2: Anything I want to plug? Avatar: The Last Airbender. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't need more hype. <laughs> Um, well, well, I don't know. What do people plug? Plug I... Transformers. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Watch Transformers when we finally air, uh, eventually in the future. Watch season two of DC Superhero Girls whenever that airs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Plug Q-Bomb. Q-Bomb. Yeah, this awesome band called Q-Bomb.
3: <laughs> plug your own... Media
2: oh i i'm on social media um i'm on the instagram at jordie underscore lala um that's J O R D I E underscore l-a-l-a
3: nice thank you thanks jordan for coming on the show
2: yeah thanks for having me you guys this was fun
3: that's the end of this creative vlog thank you jordan for being our guest
1: sharing her story Woo. And thanks to our listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Creative Block Creative without the vowels, where we ask for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge Woo. thanks to my sister Clemens for editing the podcast. Woo.
3: Please subscribe to the channel if you love our content. I've been your host,
1: Jean. and I was V. Keep be creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.